Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. This is going to be a good episode. I'm going to work on trial by jury from Lysander Spooner, and we're really close to the end now. It's a fantastic essay. I hope everybody listens to it so people understand that juries are not about just justice system. They are the most important political piece of our system, and people have been lied to horribly their entire lives about what the jury's about, and the, lied to them by these constitutional conservatives who push a bunch of crap. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I've practiced for more than 30 years. I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell them the truth. And the truth is, I was a constitutional conservative. I got fooled. I bought into all that stuff. I got bamboozled by those jokers. And I believed all their crap. And then I figured it out when I got the internet. It's a scam. All that stuff's a scam. They lie to you about the juries as well. And when I figured it out, I became a self-certified master practitioner. I recently gave myself a Lifetime Achievement Award as well for all the great work I've done on this podcast. And I'm very proud of all those fake awards because I think that they're even more important than the government-sanctioned ones. <laughs> all right, enough fooling around. Let's go ahead and get this show going. So I'm making another show on the trial by jury Spooner essay, which I still think is his most important essay. I'm not going to say it's his best because I don't know what measure you'd be using, but it's fantastic. All of his stuff is great. But I think this is the most important only because if people understood what trials by jury actually were for, that they're a political piece, not just this thing that supposedly assures a good outcome. You can assure a good outcome in a criminal trial in a lot of different ways. The purpose of the jury is to make sure that the government is kept in check by the people and that the government is actually operating with the consent of the people. See, consent and voluntary and all these types of things, those are all brushed over and they're all just swept away with this concept that the Constitution was ratified. It's the law of the land. It's this incredible document the founders bequeathed to us and we're supposed to kiss their fucking feet and all their documents and just thank them so much for this freedom machine, which any Anybody can look around and see doesn't work. But of course, the same people who tell us it's a freedom machine tell us all about how it's being ignored and not followed and violated all the time and that we have to get the right people in order for it to work and on and on and on. It's like you have this fantastic freedom machine, but it only works if you got the right technicians and there are no such technicians that know how to use it. It's like being an idiocracy and trying to get the time machine fixed. It's like, oh, that ride sucks. <laughs> it hasn't worked for years. Right. It doesn't work. You're never going to get the right people because the structurally it doesn't work. And I've explained it constantly and endlessly for hundreds of shows. And this essay is just such a great piece. And we're really near the end. I may finish the essay today. If not, then it'll be one more episode. So a little bit sad to me, but it's got to come to an end at some point. <laughs> There's more Spooner. I could always do more Spooner. I'm going to do his Vices Are Not Crimes next which I think is also an excellent essay. It's much shorter. It's got a strange beginning I haven't quite figured out how I'm going to deal with, but it's an important piece of the puzzle of the four essays I'm doing, which is Vices Are Not Crimes, No Treason, Constitution of No Authority, Trial by Jury, and his essay on natural law. Those four together, when you understand the way they work together, it's critical, and it shows how the system could and should work The people would be in charge. So I'm going to pick it up here. I'm going to reread this last part because it's important. 
this chapter is about how the minority is supposed to keep the majority in check. And the issue is always, well, how and why? And because people are so brainwashed about this majority being a vote. As soon as you take a vote, that's it. That's your supposed consent, even though nobody would acknowledge consent like that in any other way. And I can't go back through and explain it all again because it's in the uh, other episodes. But I'm going to go ahead and pick it up here and reread a little bit and then start. So it says... And hence they cannot be presumed to have consented to be taxed for the maintenance of any laws, except such as they are themselves ready to aid in enforcing. It is therefore unjust to tax them unless they are eligible to seats in a jury, the power to judge of the justice of the laws, taxing them for the support of the laws on the assumption that they are in favor of the laws, and at the same time refusing them the right as jurors to judge of the justice of the laws, on the assumption that they are opposed to the laws, are flat contradictions. And that's how I ended last time. And it's just true. It's just absolutely true. So let's continue. But it will be asked, what motive have the majority when they have all the power in their own hands to submit their will to the veto of the minority? And he gives a few answers. And I think one of the answers he doesn't give, but I think is an important answer, is that they're really certainly no obligation whatsoever for the majority to do it, except that they need to tell us the truth and stop telling us it's a freedom machine we all consent to and it's all voluntary. They could just force it down our throats, which he, of course, does discuss. But how different would the country be if the people understood that this idea that it's a freedom machine, you get a vote, and that's your say, and that's all it is, and blah, blah, blah. If they told us the truth, that, oh, yeah, of course, you're just going to get screwed again and again. There'd be no support for it. And trying to keep the thing together would be impossible. And that's the purpose of constitutional conservatives as a controlled opposition scam. They keep people imagining they are defending this patriotic freedom machine when the reality is they're not. Because if they were told the truth, they wouldn't support it. And if they didn't support it, it could never run on. And that's why constitutional conservatives in media and in academia are the biggest problem we have to actual freedom, because they drain off all the people with that very, very specific thing. So, all right, let's see what his answers are. One answer is that they have the motive of justice. It would be unjust to compel the minority to contribute by taxation to the support of any laws, which they did not approve. Uh, How can you argue with that? I mean, how is that any different than a dictatorship or anything else where it's just the majority or force jams something down someone's throat? So, yeah, they need to be able to submit to the minority. Let's continue. Another answer is that if the stronger party wish to use their power only for purposes of justice, they have no occasion to fear the veto of the weaker party. For the latter have as strong a motives for the maintenance of justice in government as have the former. <laughs> right. The majority doesn't have some lock on justice. If all they really want to do is be fair and freedom and all this other shit, then why shouldn't they submit it to the minority? They won't be abusing them if they're actually there about justice and equal rights and all this other shit. See, the problem is all that stuff is just meaningless gaslighting. They talk about equality and freedom and independence and voluntary and the consent of the people, but that's not actually the way the government works, and that's not actually the way anything's actually operating in this country, and hasn't been forever. It's just a massive gaslighting operation. Another answer is that if the stronger party use their power unjustly, they will hold it by an uncertain tenure, especially in a community where knowledge is diffused. For knowledge will enable the weaker party to make itself in time the stronger party. It also enables the weaker party, even while it remains the weaker party, 
perpetually to annoy, alarm, and injure their oppressors. Right. See, that's my point. And that is that, look, if they told people the truth, as opposed to people just having to figure it out, if they told them the truth, that this whole system's a scam set up to rip you off instead of what they tell people is this freedom machine to spread equality and all this other stuff. Well, if people were told the truth about it, like I tell them, then they stop supporting the system. And the system runs basically on force and fraud. So all they would have left is force. So the fraud wouldn't work anymore. And at that point, I don't think they could keep it together because such a huge portion of people believe this fantasy. They've been sold by constitutional conservatives. Let's continue. Unjust power, or rather power that is grossly unjust, and that is known to be so by the minority, can be sustained only at the expense of standing armies and all the other machinery of force. For the oppressed party are always ready to risk their lives for purposes of vengeance and the acquisition of their rights whenever there is any tolerable chance of success. Peace, safety, and quiet for all can only be enjoyed under laws that obtain the consent of all. Hence, tyrants frequently yield to the demands of justice for those weaker than themselves as a means of buying peace and safety. And what do you see happening all around you? You see an electronic medical prison going up. You see cops everywhere and every sort, every kind of alphabet agency, everything from the government is armed. They're constantly forcing shit down everyone's throats. See, that's how it's all working now because people are getting more and more sick of it. But if it wasn't for constitutional conservatives, more people would see it and it could never last. But you can see that they, they know there's a problem. They know there's a lot of people catching on. It's why they, they quiet everybody. They shut them down. They shut down anybody who tries to tell people the truth. That's the whole system now. See, the way it would work is that you'd have a, it's a nice, peaceful situation if nobody was getting screwed. <laughs> but they drive everybody in centralized systems that are intended to screw people. And then they're told that these things are intended to provide freedom and security and safety and magical liberty. <laughs> None of it's true. Let's continue. Still, another answer is that those who are in the majority on the one law will be in the minority on another. All, therefore, need the benefit of the veto at some time or another to protect themselves from injustice. Wow. How much is this on display? They dice and slice the population up into a million different things. And that way they build these majorities, these coalitions, where they have you be pro-abortion here, but anti-gun there, but pro-Ukraine here, but yay civil rights there, and voting this. And they cobble this shit together. When they're doing so many different things in government, it's impossible to have a single representative you ever agree with. And so they dice and slice. And it's like, well, I'll choose this guy because at least he does this, even though he does that over there that I hate. And that's how they slice it up so that there's no agreement about any of this stuff. But they have everybody convinced that, well, we lost a vote, so therefore that's the way it is. But you can see how you're the majority in one situation, minority in another. Well, I'm the minority in all of them. None of the shit they're doing do I agree to. But the vast majority of people do fall into majority and minority positions. And therefore, you never have the consent of the people. I've told people again and again, the very fact that only half the people vote, um, okay, only half the people vote. How do you win a vote? You win a vote with the other half of the half. So at most, the vast majority of the time, about 26 or 27% of the people have actually voted for the people who win. So whoever wins, it should be actual proof that those people, whatever they pass, is something the people don't want because you've got three quarters roughly of the people who are against the people who haven't voted, and the people who actively voted against it. 
So the people who actually pass the stuff, that's like proof that that's not what the people want. It's actually a reverse barometer of what would be reasonable. That's the reality. But people don't see that, again, because they're just lied to endlessly. But hopefully people can understand what I just showed you, told you about the vote. How the actual stuff that gets passed should be proof positive that's not what should be passed. You should actually have a system where if that went through, it'd be like, okay, that's definitely not what the people want. The majority wants something else. Because half didn't vote. You have to assume they're not in favor. And then the half who did vote, only half, you got half of that. So three quarters of the possible people out there they didn't vote for it or they actively voted against it. That's it. All right, let's continue. That the limits within which legislation would, by this process, be confined would be exceedingly narrow in comparison with those at present, there can be no doubt. It's true. Uh, as I've said again and again, people look at it, they say, that could never work. They only mean that could never work to do what we're doing now or to do what you're told it should be doing now, which is we're supposed to be choosing between these alternative Democrat-Republican things. No. The vast majority of what the government does, it has no authority to be doing. There's no agreement to do it. And so the, the amount of laws and the amount of control and everything else would shrink by 99%. That's about what you'd have agreement about. Although that's what the government should be doing, as he said before. If you don't get the consent of the people, you don't get the consent of the people. And they can't do it. Or you can't tell me that it's a government that's made up of the consent of the people. It can't be both. And consent is not a majority has voted for. No, I don't agree to that. I don't agree to it because I'm always a minority. These are very, very fundamental things that people have a very difficult time with because they're so brainwashed about them and they're never told. And they've lived their whole lives inside this other absurd narrative. And when I tell these people that, some people immediately see it. And there's lots of people, they just can't get it. They can't see, well, is the Constitution? I'm telling you the fundamental questions are have all been skipped over. And this is just so fundamental. It's just so, so fundamental. Let's continue. All monopolies, all special privileges, all sumptuary laws, all restraints upon any traffic, bargain, or contract that was naturally lawful, all restraints upon men's natural rights, the whole catalog of malum prohibita, which just means things that are wrong because the law says they're wrong, that they're not morally wrong in any way. Another reason I'm going to do the vices are not crimes. And something I've already touched on before, traffic violations, picking up bald eagle feather. Those are all malum prohibited. There's no actual mens rea. There's no desire to, to act poorly. There's no criminal mind. And all taxation to which the taxed parties had not individually, severally, and freely consented would be at an end. Because all such legislation implies a violation of the rights of a greater or lesser minority. You hear that? That's the entire list of shit the government does. Pretty much everything it does would all get wiped out. And we'd only be left with the core stuff that people actually agree to. All the other ways they divide everybody up, none of that would be possible if people understood this. None of it. See, and that's what people say, well, it wouldn't work. No, it would work. It would work very differently than it does now in this very unfair fashion. And the people who resist so much, they resist for a couple of reasons. One, massive brainwashing their whole lives. And two, they actually are net beneficiaries of this scam. They get all sorts of stuff from government that they're not entitled to. The government simply uses its proxy violence and steals from other people and hands it out to the rest. And of course, this applies both at the 
the sort of income tax level where the, all the income tax is basically paid by the top 25%. So they get screwed by the people that they turn over all this welfare shit to. And on the other side, which is these super rich people who use the power of government to get all these government contracts and all these other scams and become multi-multi-billionaires through the scam of government. So the super rich, they benefit. The sort of hardworking, kind of high-paid executives and people with jobs that make a decent amount of money, hundreds of thousands of dollars kind of thing, they pay the vast majority of income tax and they get stuck having to uh, support all these deadbeats. People just gimme, gimme, gimme shit. Government workers and all their absurd pensions and everything else. See, that's, that's the way it works. And they've got everybody divided up and believing in this majority system where you just get this one vote and one representative and all this shit, and then you have to live with it. And this is a completely different way of seeing the world and seeing the way the government's supposed to work and seeing what actual voluntary consensual government looks like. And that's why it's so, so important people understand it. See? Let's finish this up because it's almost the end of the chapter and then there's the appendix. This minority would disregard, trample upon, or resist the execution of such legislation and then throw themselves upon a jury of the whole people for justification and protection. See, what he's talking about there is that if you have all these these different made-up laws... If people understood their rights and they understood what a jury was for and the juries were actually engaged and actually doing their job, you wouldn't have to fear these absurd laws. You'd ignore them. You'd laugh at them. When the government tried to bring you into their kangaroo courts, you'd say, that's fine, and you'd tell your story to the uh, citizens. And guess what? The likelihood that one of them in there is like you, very high. And guess what? Not guilty. Guess what? Hung jury. Guess what? Dead letter law. Shit's not enforceable. See, that's the way it would actually work. See, that is the actual protection you're supposed to be entitled to in a government that's supposedly of, by, and for the people and has the consent of the people and is voluntary and all this other made-up shit that we're told endlessly in school, by media, academia, politics, movies, articles, books, endlessly with the freedom machine we are. But anybody can look around and see it's not a freedom machine. It's a fantastic tyranny. An absurdity. And the only reason it's not worse is because it's just happening slowly because they don't want the cat out of the bag. And pointing to these other places, they're way worse. Okay, they're way worse for a lot of other reasons. They have nothing to do with the reason this place sucks. It's not a defense to say, well, this is the best prison around. And then turn around and say that we aren't in a prison, we're in a freedom machine. If you want to tell everybody we live in a prison and we have the best prison, then, then do that. And good luck to you. Let's see how many people support being in a prison. But see, they're not honest about that. Constitutional conservatives don't talk about us being in a prison and having the best prison, that you need to be happy with your prison because your prison could be a lot fucking worse. We could throw you in the hole like they did to Andy Dufresne. Stop being so obtuse. Oh, what? What'd you call me? <laughs> see, that's the situation. If they were honest about it and they said, just a fucking prison and they told you all these types of things and how you don't really have any rights and explain the kinds of things to people that I have, people wouldn't support it. But what they do is incredibly deceptive. They tell you you're in a freedom machine. They tell you if it's liberty and it's consensual and all this other shit. But then that's not actually true when it's examined. See, it's gaslighting. It's just massive, massive gaslighting. Gaslighting is where you say certain things and act as though the other person is the problem, even though the behavior is something that doesn't match up with the words. And that's just what we live in, a massively gaslit society on these very, very fundamental issues. You know, oh, I went and fought and died for freedom. Dude, you don't have freedom. 
You don't have freedom. The government can take whatever it wants from you. And what is your option? You have to go into government courts and try to hope that government employees, known as judges, allow your claims to be made, which most of the time they simply throw them out. And then they rig up these kangaroo juries that are all chosen through. And then the government itself tells them what the standard of proof is and the burden of proof, and the evidence you can bring in and what the definitions are of the words. And it gives them the jury instructions. And it's hopeless, dude. Anything the government wants to put in, they can. What's the old saying? If they want to, they can indict a ham sandwich. Yes, they can, they can do anything. The only reason people don't understand this is because they're not actually in a system. The few people who do understand it are people who've been run through the system. And a lot of people have kind of been run through family law court and realized what a fucking scam it is or down at traffic court and got scammed. But they're small things and they think they're isolated and limited. They can't believe that the actual whole system is set up like that and actually works like that. But it does. See, it actually does. And I've tried to explain to people again and again the fundamental reasons, structural reasons, why it actually performs the way you see. And these explanations and excuses they give all the time about reading the Federalist Papers and seeing how the liberals are violating the Constitution. and It's like, dude, this has been going on for 240 years. It's not, it's not accurate. You're not being honest. They can't explain the Civil War. How can you possibly hold a voluntary union of states or people or anything else together with a war? How do you do that? You can't. It doesn't matter if you want to believe that they were fighting to free the slaves, which is a fantasy. It's not true. But even if you believe it, so what? Okay, you can do that. I'm not saying it might not be a noble goal. That's fine. But you can't then claim that you're doing it under the banner of a voluntary union of states or people. So you can't have it both ways. And this is the same exact fundamental problem we have with the Constitution shit, where they claim it is this incredible freedom machine, that you get this representation, that you have the consent of the people, and that you consent to all these different laws, but the consent is not actually the kind of consent you'd ever give in your life in any other manner. See, in any other manner, you would never run your personal life like you have to run your government life. You just never would. Nobody would. It's just not possible. This is the, the conflicts of interest, the insane minimum representation, the idea that these people are up there acting like legal representatives. I've done shows about these politicians. Legal representatives are not allowed to lie to the people they represent. Politicians lie to you all the time. They all lie all the time, constantly. Well, that's not a legal representative of any sort. A legal representative has personal liability. If they lie to me, <laughs> they lie to me as my agent can't work, but people just accept it on the political side. See, so everything is just this phony baloney made up thing. Let's keep going. In this way, all legislation would be nullified, except the legislation of that general nature, which impartially protected the rights and served the interests of all. Well, isn't that what we're told this government's all about? Equal protection, fundamental rights, due process, See, they put all these fancy words around it, but the reality is that none of that's actually happening. None of that's actually happening. The only legislation that could be sustained would probably be such as tended directly to the maintenance of justice and liberty, such, for example, as should contribute to the enforcement of contracts, the protection of property, and the prevention and punishment of acts intrinsically criminal. In short, government, in practice, 
would be brought to the necessity of a strict adherence to natural law. And natural justice, instead of being, as it is now, a great battle in which avarice and ambition are constantly fighting for and obtaining advantages over the natural rights of mankind. (sighs) That's the end of the essay. There's the appendix, but that's the end of the essay. And listen to that. See, that's what it would be. That's why it's important to understand what natural law is. That's why I've done it. To understand these fake laws that are mal and prohibitor. This is that device is not crimes. That's why I did no treason that explains the Constitution has no authority, that there's no such thing as consent to any of this nonsense. It's why I'm doing this to show people how with the system we do have, if people understood juries, we could actually keep the government in check. And it would work fine. It still needs to be massively decentralized. But if people understood the jury themselves and they were instructed on it and they were told about it and it was operating, none of this stuff would be happening. All this division in the country between what the liberals want, the conservatives want, none of that would be going on. This idea that we're going to have a police state. Well, the people on the left, they don't want a police state. Well, I don't want a police state either. So we wouldn't get a police state. <laughs> the people on the right, they don't want all these welfare programs. Well, guess what? I don't want the welfare programs either. So I'm on the minority in both sides. So we wouldn't get welfare programs because the shit would not happen. All these made-up tax laws, all this so-called revenue, the Federal Reserve, go down the list. <laughs> Legal tender laws, which people don't even understand, but I did a show on. People understand the Federal Reserve. They don't understand legal tender laws. Legal tender laws is how the government forces you to use this completely worthless paper, fiat nonsense, that spit it out. That's basically debt. (laughs) They use that as currency, and you have to use it. None of that stuff would ever be able to be possible if people understood their rights in these jury trials. And it's difficult for most people to even imagine what the government would look like, what the world would look like if the people were actually in charge and they weren't able to dice and slice and use this Hegelian dialectic nonsense they do with the sort of proposal, antithesis, synthesis nonsense they use in every sort of thing where they have the solution already ready. They create this problem, they create another problem, then they have a solution that's prepackaged and ready. That's what they do every single time. All these crises and everything else is just a way to usher things in. And if people understood what the jury was all about and the power, and if they were instructed about it, it would work. It would keep the government in check. And again, I go back to the fact that we don't need many people. See, just a very small percentage of people can do this because if you only have 5% of the people, okay, it's true, you might not get someone on every jury. It's true, you might not. But you get them on a lot. And trust me, the whole system would start to collapse if you started getting a lot more hung juries. A lot more. See, the trial schedules are already very, very crowded. It's difficult to get trial dates. It's already difficult. It's months and months out. I've had situations in uh, federal court, in courts I won't discuss, but the court coordinator made it very clear to me that I was not going to get a trial setting. He made it very clear. I have to settle this case because they don't want this case. The judge is not going to try the case. That's what they told me directly. I said, what do you mean they're not going to try? He said, I can just tell you he's not going to set this thing for trial. See, so what, what can I do about that? Am I going to mandamus him? That's a, a legal filing to force him to put me on the schedule. Okay, let's just say I even mandamus him, all right? And, and let's just say that the appellate court, federal appellate court, um, makes him put me on the schedule. What kind of trial do you think I'm going to get in federal court? 
When the federal judge can comment on the evidence, controls everything, you think I'm going to win that trial? You think I am? No, I got no damn chance. And see, so that's the kind of thing that the courts can do, do do all the time. People don't know it because they fucking live in a fantasy land produced by these constitutional conservatives and media and TV and movies and books uh, telling these fantasy stories about what the legal system is and the beauty and the freedom, and the liberty. And so it was a hard driving, hard charging district attorney or, you know, assistant DA or some kind of Department of Justice person or FBI person who's going to get to the bottom. That's all fantasy. That shit doesn't happen in real life. See, that doesn't happen in real life. What happens in real life is the system grinds people up, spits them out. And that's because people have no idea what their actual rights are. They have no idea how the system's actually set up. And they have no idea how the system's actually set up because constitutional conservatives and media and academia are complete fucking liars or they're utterly and totally incompetent. I don't know which it is on any one occasion. But if you hold yourself out to be an expert, to speak on something and instruct people and try to get people to be convinced and swayed over to your side, you best fucking know what you're talking about. Okay, And these people don't. Or they do, and they're lying. It's only one of the two. It's only one of the two because anybody who hears my stuff and understands the way these juries are supposed to work and understands uh, no treason and understands any of the rest of the shows I've made showing that your vote is total shit. And just go down the list of all the stuff I've showed people. Anyone who actually sees that, hears it, they immediately know that's the truth and that what they've been told is lies. It's just clear as day. It's obvious as hell. Now, tons of people don't want to accept it, which I understand it's difficult to accept, but the fact that it's true is undeniable. This is what it would actually look like. This is what the actual concern of the people looks like. Not some rigged up vote where you get half of the half uh, and then they get to tell everybody what to do and you're standing around holding your proverbial dick talking about how next election this and they're violating the Constitution that and why isn't Merrick Garland doing this and all blah, blah, blah. Even impeachment's absurd. They screwed it all up in 1800. It's completely ridiculous. The amendment they passed then makes it pointless to get the president impeached. What happens if you impeach Joe Biden? What happens? You get fucking Kamala Harris. I don't understand. How does that work? So into the briar patch you go. It makes no sense. It it can't work. It used to be that right now under the original construction of the Constitution, Donald Trump would be vice president. Okay, well, if you get rid of fucking Joe Biden, then you get Trump. Okay, that's complete and total change. Complete and total change. That makes sense. Then impeachment would work. The way it's set up, impeachment is pointless of the president. It's pointless. Or you guess they're handpicked uh, scammer. <laughs> and then that person, when they become president, they nominate their own vice president. Then they become so it's just an endless loop of uh, hopelessness. See, that's just one tiny issue that's out there that constitutional conservatives deceive people about and or don't tell them about. And there's so, so many more. I've gone through, I've done whole shows where I talk about how the system we have now is nothing like it was. Forget the representation where we'd need 50,000 people up there, not 435, in order to get anything remotely like the kind of representation we had before. Uh, But we don't. Forget the fact that they've changed the way the Senate's elected, that it used to be the states. That's all thrown out. All the stupid stuff with executive orders, all national emergency, this. There's such thing as an executive order inside the Constitution. Both sides do it. Income tax, Supreme Court being the law of the land. Go down the list. There's endless things that are structurally not what people have agreed to. You can look at any kind of piece of legislation in the country and see that there's no agreement. If they get 60% or 65%, they run around 
acting like they've hit the fucking gold mine. Just overwhelming support. 70%. Oh, 70% of the people in favor, blah, blah. Okay, that means 30% aren't. So that means 100 million people are not in favor of it. A hundred fucking million people are having it shoved down their throats. How is that consent of the people? Elections have consequences. I've told you again and again. If the Constitution was actually doing what they tell us, elections would not have consequences. It wouldn't have consequences because it'd be like they said, equal protection, fair, limited government, on who cares who's fucking doing that? Who cares, right? It's like, do you care who's uh, operating the train, who the fucking conductor is? Do you care? No, you don't care. Why would you? They all do the same job. There's nothing to it. They either check your ticket or drive the train. Or who cares? It's a minimum job. But that's not what we have, but that's what they tell you. See, so the gaslighting. Look at something even smaller. Say there's 95% approval. Okay, 95% approval. It means 5%. That's still more than 15 million people. You're talking about 16 million people. Think how many people that is. How many people live in your city? 16 million? Okay, that's almost as many people as live in Texas. All right? 16 million people disagree. And that's when you have 95% approval. You're shoving it down the throats of 16 million people. <laughs> how does that make sense? I don't understand how people think that that's a freedom machine. It's about liberty and equal protection. See, it doesn't make any actual sense if you just look at it like I'm just showing you. The thing is that the people are never shown that. They're kept inside this Overton window, this fantasy narrative. And so it sounds right. As I've told people again and again, I believe this stupid shit for years years. And then I got the internet and I figured it out. So, you know, I figured it out 20 years ago plus. And I don't understand why people continue to stay in the dark about this when the information is clearly available. But the media and the academia is, is on hyper overdrive all the time. Every kind of movie and TV show tells you that. Every kind of radio show, every kind of news program, every kind of news article. Everything's framed up in that way. The academics are all framed up that way. Everything's framed up in this false narrative. And people just can't see outside of it. And the purpose of this whole thing is to try to show people that. Wake them up to the reality. Because we only need a few. Like I said, 5% would be enough. Because once it started spreading, it would be unstoppable. So I'm not going to read the appendix today. I'm going to save that for the last show. Because the appendix is really great. And it's a total separate topic of taxation. And it's, it's got some of his most famous lines in there as well. And I really love the appendix to this essay. And I think it's a really nice way to finish it off for the last show. So I'm going to save that over to the last show. And I'm going to finish this one up now. And that's all I really wanted to say about it. You can still follow me on Twitter, even though I'm on private. I'm legal man at U.S. Crime Review, no longer U.S. Law Review. Had to change that out for a variety of reasons I've explained many times. I have set the meetup so that people can meet each other. The people who like the quash, it's going to be in the Dallas-Fort Worth area on November 12th. 2.30 in the afternoon, that's a Saturday. I've set it sort of in the middle of the afternoon at a place called Sneaky Pete's. It's up off Lake Louisville. It's nice. It's outdoors, indoors, very casual. I'm not going to say the food's great or anything like that, but it's a nice atmosphere, and you can sit by the lake, and there's plenty of room, so if people show, we'll have enough room. And if it rains, which is unlikely that time of year, but if it does, they have a pretty large inside too, 
Anyway, so I'm going to do that. If you want to go, there you go. You can go to my Twitter page. I put it up there too. People in Patreon obviously already know. So I want to thank the people who are in Patreon for supporting me, kicking skin in the game. I really appreciate that. I work in a black box. It's nice to know there's people out there who do appreciate it. And so thank you to you guys in there. As far as the movie goes, The Jones Plantation, I play Mr. Jones. It's written by Larkin Rose. A great story about going from chattel slavery to debt slavery. Really funny. I think it's going to be really entertaining. It's definitely not a comedy, but it's got a lot of funny, crazy stuff. And I've seen a rough cut. It was really great. My understanding is the movie has now been locked, which is some kind of technical term in the movie industry, meaning that the video is fixed and it's been sent to the sound guy. So it takes about a month from there to get the sound all done. And then after that, at some point, it will be finished. And then at some point, it'll be released. And I think it's probably going to get released before the holidays. I thought it'd be earlier, but it's not for a lack of work. It's a very, very slim budget. If we had a lot more money, it'd be easier to do a lot of these things. But I hope when that movie comes out, people watch it. They they buy it. They buy it for friends. They make it make a lot of money so that we can make more. I think it's a fantastic medium to reach people. And... I think people are going to really enjoy it. I really think we made a cult classic, (laughs) which is hilarious to me because if you were at the shoot, it was just beyond insane. But I think we made a cult classic, and I think people are going to watch that movie for years to come. I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to refer to it as, you know how people now say, oh, you're inside the Matrix. I think people are going to start referring to people who can't catch on to the scam, who want to continue to support the scammed-up system as, oh, it's just Jones Plantation, as opposed to, oh, it's Matrix, oh, it's Jones Plantation, and people know what that means. I think that's going to come down to that. And there's going to be a lot of great memes. We're going to have to work on that. We'll get some merchandise. There's going to be promotions and stuff like that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's coming up. So anyway, that's the update on that. And beyond that, I don't think there's anything else to say, so I think I'll go ahead and wrap it up. You guys have been a great audience as usual. Everybody have a nice night or day wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Put your hands together one more time for Legal Man. Great show. Thanks so much. I get to check your service on the way out. More quash. More quash. Legal Man.